Shortly after finishing this week's Quantum, news came through that the Queen had died. Now, obviously, that's something we'll reflect upon next week, but uh, I wanted to acknowledge that before we go into uh, this week's programme. I read this morning in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3 and verse 38, And the king said to his men, Do you not realise that a commander and a great man has fallen in Israel this day? Well, a commander and a great woman has fallen in the UK this day. Personally, I don't think that Britain will be the same. Uh, I'm very thankful to the Queen for her Christian faith and the fact that she maintained it in the midst of considerable opposition and hostility and mocking. Uh, We remember the citizens of the United Kingdom and others here in Australia and elsewhere who mourn the loss of uh, their Queen. And we pray for Uh, the new king, Charles. We pray for the whole country and we remember to place our faith in the one who is the king of kings. So, on with this week's show. Welcome to Quantum number 215. I do have a particular theme for this week. We're a podcast that looks at news and views and culture from throughout the world. And we're, we're going to go to the UK, to Scotland, to Australia, to America, to Russia, to the Ukraine, to Vietnam, um, Saudi Arabia... So we're we trying to we trying to go all over the world, and we look at lots of different things. But I wonder if you can work out the theme from this song. Fran said we danced in Mississippi at an Alpha Kappa dance. It wasn't me. Woo! It wasn't me. Yeah, you must have met some other buddy. No, no, child. It wasn't me. Yeah. That was George Thorogood and the Destroyers. I, I, I love them. I actually, I love them. I love that song. I've been thinking about this a lot because the, the idea of it, 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 it wasn't me, or you'd say, it's got, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. We, we have a... a a very immature and childish culture, I think we blame, we say people, it's not me. So, for example, uh, the recent Tory leadership thing, Rishi Sunak, said that basically lockdown, it wasn't me, even though he was part of the people who made the decision. The Transport Secretary, Grant Shapp, says, no, no, it wasn't me. Uh, it's going to be very interesting how people suddenly start saying, no, no, it wasn't me. The current financial crisis, energy crisis, uh, Nicola Sturgeon in Scotland. It wasn't me. It's Westminster. Um, I love Anna Sarwar, the Labour Party's response, Labour Party leader's response to that. Government is more than a campaign. The title of First Minister is more than a status. Power is more than a privilege and a responsibility. Use government, use your status, use the power to change people's lives and improve Scotland right now. In Australia, it wasn't me. It was Morrison. Um, you know, I think of Caroline Lucas in the UK. It wasn't me. Uh, 
you know, the Greens have the right policies, etc. It's others. And I think of in the US, you know, it wasn't me, it was Trump, or it wasn't me, it was Obama. You know, we, we do that all the time. Well, so let's think about that. Here, well, let's hear a bit of Russian. Народ Великобритании не, не участвует в данном случае в смене правительства. Правящие элиты там имеют свои установки. That, believe it or not, is President Putin having the chutzpah to complain about the election of Liz Truss, claiming that it lacked democratic principles and that a, a small elite and so on. I actually saw someone, an SNP supporter, post it as to say, see, we told you so. I, I'm afraid once you're using Putin as your um, standard bearer for democracy, you're in a little bit of trouble. Again, it's fascinating what's going on there. This new cabinet has built as, I think, what did the independent call it? A cabinet of cronies. I find, we'll see what happens with it, but there's just a couple of things that really intrigued me. First of all, the new health secretary, Theresa Coffey, uh, has the British Pregnancy Advisory Service said that her record on abortion rights is deeply concerning. And it's reported by the BBC as such. Uh, she previously voted to revoke access to at-home abortion care and extending abortion rights, they say, to women in Northern Ireland. It's funny, isn't it? They they just want to control everything and everybody. Unless you go along with the woke agenda, you're not fit to be in politics. Calling the situation at Zaporizhia nuclear plant unprecedented and untenable, the nuclear watchdog agency urged a nuclear safety and protection zone. We are playing with fire and something very, very catastrophic could take place. Shelling since early August near the plant has damaged six different areas. Let's think about Russia now. Again, that wasn't, it wasn't me. You know, Putin will claim, of course, it wasn't his fault. Zelensky will claim it's not his fault. There are different areas. I mean, it's, don't misunderstand me in saying they're equally to blame or whatever, but I'm just saying that when we look at all these situations, we, we do this kind of it wasn't me type stuff. So here's a clip that's been going around. Germany will become totally dependent on Russian energy if it does not immediately change course. Here in the Western Hemisphere, we are committed to maintaining our independence from the encroachment of expansionist foreign powers. It has been the formal policy of our country since President That was President Trump. Now, those of you who are regular listeners to this podcast will know I'm not a big fan of President Trump. But sometimes he got it right, and in this time he really did get it right. This was at the United Nations General Assembly four years ago. And you see, if you if you look at the video on it, you see the German delegates laughing at him, people saying, what an idiot that man is. Well, in this instance, he has proven to be exactly right. The reliance of Germany on Russia and the reliance on Europe on Russia for energy has been a disaster. And let me explain why. So an astonishing statistic came out from a report in Finland, uh, and this is, this is true, 
that Russia has earned more than enough from President Vladimir Putin's energy war on the West to cover the cost of the Ukraine invasion, researchers said yesterday. Russia has made $240 billion through oil and gas and has spent $140 billion on the war. Russia is so strong right now economically and with its oil and gas that it's able to shut down the Nord Stream pipeline and 75% of the EU's gas. As a result, Britain alone is going to have to spend a hundred billion pounds. You know, it's a hundred and fifty billion dollars just to subsidize energy costs for households. What never mind business. Even more than that, oil going to China, so Russia is building up closer relationships with India and China, with African countries and with the Middle East. Indeed, more than half the world seem now to be on Russia's side. Remember we were told the whole world was against Russia? Remember we were told that Western sanctions would kill off the Russian economy? Remember how we think that, you know, there's a Ukrainian counterattack and Western weapons are going to ensure that there'll be this great victory for democracy? I guess when none of it happens, we'll be told, it wasn't me. Another fascinating aspect of this is that oil going to China is now being paid for in yuan and rubles instead of dollars. That is a huge and significant economic change. And then uh, just a sad story from Australia about that. An Australian artist painted a street mural showing Ukrainian and Russian soldiers hugging and he's had to paint it over because people have said it's like Russian propaganda and they've said that the work titled Peace Before Pieces drew a false moral equivalence between the two sides. I'm not sure that it does and I find it very sad that advocating for peace causes such a reaction. All right, that's pretty heavy. So let's, um, this is, I heard this. I'm sorry, this, this is almost, I guess we can call this cultural comment. So I like Led Zeppelin a lot. They have a song called A Whole Lot of Love, which I love the rift, but I don't like the words. They're in effect quite sexually explicit. I love Johnny Cash, particularly Folsom Prison Blues and so on. And I could not believe this, but there is a, uh, a band, I can't even remember their name. And... Listen to this. This is what they've done. I hear the train coming Just rolling around the bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when But I've been stuck in Time keeps dragging on And I hear that whistle blow On down the sand and That's a band called the Surreal McCoys And they basically put together The riff from Whole Lot of Love With the words from Folsom Prison I just love it That's it, I just love it, I love the creativity that's able to do that. When I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry. 
All right, let's come back to our political situation. Please uh, listen to this new member of the Australian Parliament. We are the backbone of the New South Wales economy, if not the country. This was evident during the COVID pandemic when almost everything came to a halt because our tradies, truck drivers, retail workers, nurses, teachers, office workers were locked down. We weren't allowed to travel beyond the five kilometre radius from our homes. We were told to get travel permits. We were forced to get tested every three days. We had, every, we had helicopters flying around our area as well as police on horseback and men in uniforms knocking on people's doors. While the intention was good, we are a city made of people who have fled tyrannical regimes and war zones like my own family, my own home country. The last time I looked, a government that takes away individuals' liberty to choose how they want to live, work and raise families was called a communist dictatorship. A political system that my family and I escaped from and many other refugees escaped from, especially the Vietnamese Australian community. Uh, incredible. Um, you please do go and look at the video. Um, I may put a photo over there as well. This is Day Lee, who is a Vietnamese refugee who came, born in Vietnam in 1968. She spent several years in refugee camps before arriving in Australia with her mother and siblings in 1979. She was one of the boat people. She became a journalist and then a city councillor in Western Sydney. She stood as an independent against the former New South Wales Premier, Christina Keneally, and in a, a shock defeat for Labour, she won. Now, why I'm playing that is she turned up at Parliament with an outfit that if you wore it in Britain, you'd be accused of being far right. I, I loved it. It was just the, it was the Australian um, flag, largely the Union Jack, done in a Vietnamese, in the style of a Vietnamese, uh, what do they call it, an altai, uh, made from fabric, printed with the Australian flag. And she even did even more to upset the... <laughs> <laughs> the lobbies by saying that the the last time she's experienced the kind of lockdown rules that we saw in Victoria and elsewhere was in communist Vietnam. I, I love I love this country and, and I love I love the Vietnamese refugees and uh, I love the contribution that they often make and you know what? So often it's the immigrants who don't fit the the kind of stereotype that their biggest supporters supposedly want them to be. Great stuff. All right, not so great. Uh, we want to talk about grooming children. Let's listen to this. You were trying to tell me something before. What? Earlier in the lift, before the Nakasaurus went all crazy. It seems super important. The truth is, Sammy, I've calling for you like hard real hard I know I heard you earlier I just wanted to hear you say it again because I've been wanting to hear you say that since I don't even know when now the Saudi Arabians uh, and 
the Gulf Corporation, have demanded that Netflix remove all content deemed to violate Islamic and societal values and principles. And it's because of the animated show Jurassic World Cram Cretaceous, in which, uh, as you heard, two teenage girls kiss. And uh, it accused Netflix of promoting homosexuality by focusing excessively on homosexuals. Now, I actually think they have a point, and I'll tell you why. I think the sexualization of minors is something that Netflix is very much involved in. It's funny, their, t- their series is rated TVPG for violence, but never mentions a lesbian kiss between minors, meant to be a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old, and one of them who was meant to be a Muslim, by the way. So you, c- you pretty well couldn't get more offensive to the Muslims. Netflix is developing a habit of sexualizing children. It has two horrific shows called Big Mouth and Human Resources. They're animated, and because they are animated then they have borderline child pornography, which the came, of course, is not pornography. Um, I, I mean, forgive me this, and if you do have young children listening, but let me just say this. In human resources, there is a hormone monster which encourages young children to touch their privates, and so on. So there's a whole lot of graphic, foul language, perverse sexual content, and all that kind of stuff. But what it means is adults can watch animated pornographic content involving children without repercussions. Wow. And then Peppa Pig. Families. Peppa and her friends are at playgroup. Children, today we are going to do drawings of our families. Madam Gazelle is... I'm Penny Polar Bear. I live with my mummy and my other mummy. One mummy is a doctor and one mummy cooks spaghetti. I love spaghetti. Penny's mummies love spaghetti too. Lovely, Penny. And Freddy Fox? My mummy and my other mummy. And, of course, the LGBT charity Stonewall, Robbie DeSantos, said it's fantastic that same-sex families are making an appearance in Peppertown. It comes after a petition called for the show to feature a same-sex couple. Campaigners claim that excluding same-sex families could alienate some children. Well, I don't know. I, I, I missed the episode of Pepper Pig with the Christians or the Muslims or others. Does them not being included, does that alienate what about the polygamous family does that alienate this morning I was at a bible study and we read these words if anyone causes one of these little ones those who believe in me to stumble it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea Christ hates the grooming and perversion of children and I include that in this category All right, uh, do you know this show? That's the Top Gear theme tune and the latest episode of Cancel Culture. The composer Christian Henson, who helped create that music, is being suspended by his company, because Spitfire Company is uh, because he tweeted a message of support for J.K. Rowling and Father Ted writer Graham Linehan. (laughs) 
Spitfire CEO Will Evans apologised and said he's going to take a break. Uh, that is, Mr. Henson is going to take a break and apologise for the hurt and we're trying to be as diverse, etc, etc, as possible. Yeah, right. Meanwhile, a teacher in Ireland has been suspended from work and then jailed for contempt of court after he refused to use the correct pronouns to address a transgender student. Now, I was sent this story and I was asked to comment on it and I just want to say something very simple. Um, we have to be accurate in this. He wasn't suspend. He wasn't put in jail for re refusing to use the correct pronouns. He was put in jail for refusing to obey the court and not go to the school. And that is a difference. Nonetheless, the original instruction that he had to use the pronouns was absolutely ludicrous. Here is this week's National Anthem. That's the Somalian national anthem. Uh, the words are, any flag, any nation's flag bears its own colour. The skies above us looks down like ours. Defects has its none. Love it with candour and so on. Um, purified with pureness, your banner, O Allah, do not dim thy flag. In this night we pray. Somalia has 17 million people. It has the longest coastline of any nation on mainland Africa. It is in the Horn of Africa. It is Muslim. And I included it because I want you to pray for Somalia because over 850,000 people are now in areas affected by a historic drought. A million have been driven from their homes and there is enormous danger, again also because of the war in Ukraine as well and other factors of starvation and because the world is obsessed with COVID and with climate change and with everything else, aid funding has dropped by more than 60%. And then I appreciate your comments and somebody asked me, did I have anything to say about Matt Chandler uh, in the situation in the US? Now, the situation here is that Matt Chandler is a well-known uh, reformed evangelical pastor. I used to love listening to his sermons and talks. Uh, I didn't say anything about it last week because I wasn't sure. And I'm still not sure. All that we know is that he stepped down after being advised to do so by his board because of inappropriate tweets, which were not sexual in nature, but were not suitable. Or uh, it, it seems very, very strange if these were jokey tweets or whatever. Um, we don't know the whole story. Um, the way he stepped down in public, announcing to his congregation, it always gives the impression that there's something more... Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't want to pass on gossip and I don't think it is gossip. I'm reporting what has actually happened, which he did, which he said in public. I, I can't speculate about it all. It just, it just makes you so sad in so many ways. If this has been a harmless bit of banter between two friends, then it's horrible that that has caused him to resign or step down for a while. If it's been more than that, then it's horrible that it's not been honestly dealt with. Either way, it's not good. And speaking of not good, uh, let's go to the US and um, 
Brian McLaren has a new book out. Now, I've had quite a lot to say of that. There, I, I wrote an article for Christian Today, which I'll put a link to. But here is McLaren speaking on Premier Christian Radio. I actually don't think, Andy, that I've ever met a person who says, I, I love Jesus, I follow Jesus, and I, or I used to love Jesus and wanted to follow Jesus, and I don't like Jesus anymore. So um, I, I think almost always the s- struggles that people have are with affiliating with a doctrinal system or an authority system, a kind of hierarchy or way of human relating where you have to submit to certain leaders or a political affiliation, Uh, maybe less of an issue on your side of the Atlantic, but increasingly a significant issue uh, on this side of the pond, the number of people who are using the word Christo-fascist to describe evangelical Christianity that has now linked itself with a kind of authoritarian politics uh, and, and, and refusal to allow uh, uh, religious liberty to people of different faiths. I, I mean, there are a whole lot of people who would say I, it, to speak about being Christian as simply following Jesus is a luxury that they don't have because of all of the expressions of the Christian faith. Now, why am I so concerned about the McLaren book? People say, oh, we haven't heard from him, or we know he's not right anyway, and I'm going, no, no, no. He, th- this kind of thing does have an influence. And McLaren, you need to read the whole review, but in that wee clip, he's saying defining a Christian is a complicated question. Actually, it's not. A Christian is a follower of Christ. Of course, that involves doctrine, like Jesus is the Son of God, Jesus did miracles, Jesus rose from the dead. These are doctrines which are also facts. Of course, it is authority system because Jesus is Lord. No, it's not political affiliation in the sense of being tied in with American politics, as McLaren always seems to write about. And it's nothing to do with Christo-fascism. But Christo-fascist is how McLaren describes people who disagree with him on the issues that really matter to him, which are the political issues. But knowing what a Christian is, is not really that difficult a follower of Christ, someone who's asked for forgiveness for their sins, someone who trusts in Christ and not in themselves and his atoning work on the cross, someone who's born again, really born again, not, you know, just that they went forward at a meeting, but God's spirit has worked in their life. Um, Please do look at that. And please, 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 if you're a Christian, beware of blind McCarran when he talks about Christianity and, you know, remaining a Christian. He, he's not a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, don't listen to people like McLaren uh, who make Christianity sound as though it's just like progressive politics or even conservative politics. And speaking of Christianity, you know this lady? Sends me not one of you have vowed me, valued me as a person. You've witnessed me how my family has been to me, and that's all you know. Like I said, I feel you all secretly like to say something's wrong with me. Honestly, 
My dad needs to be in jail for the rest of his life. But like I said, God would not allow that to happen to me if a God existed. I don't believe in God anymore because of the way my children and my family have treated me. There is nothing to believe anymore. I'm an atheist, y'all. That's Britney Spears. Now, she had an expletive-laden interview with an Australian television thing. Um, But it was that clip there that if God existed, I don't believe in God anymore because of the way my family and children have treated me. There's nothing to believe in anymore. I'm an atheist, y'all. Yeah? That's it? You don't believe in God because of the way your family have treated you? How does that make any sense? That's, again, the narcissism and everything else that's involved. It just doesn't make sense. No. I... When bad things happen to us, when people do bad things happen to us, how can you turn around and blame God or say you don't believe in God because bad things have happened to you? It just, that's incomprehensible unless you're saying the only God I could believe in is one who prevents all bad things from happening to me. But that's certainly not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is the one who comes and deals with the bad things. The one who works all things together for the good of those who love him. It wasn't me. We see that in lots of different things. It wasn't me. In all the different subjects we've looked at, I guess people could say that. You know what the Christian says? And we'll leave you with this song. It is me. It's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, O Lord, who needs to repent. This is the New Life Community Choir, Pastor John P. Key. I love this version. I'm going to love you and leave you. Please feel free to support the podcast uh, on the Podbean fundraiser. Uh, www.theweefly.com And we've got a new website. Uh, ask www.ask.org.au And you'll see some of the stuff that we've been getting on with there. But God bless you. It is me standing in the need of prayer. It is me needing forgiveness. But it's me also that the Lord has come for. May God bless you and uh, see you next week. Bye.
Detroit, Michigan, that's a fine standing in the airport. A young lady, tears rolling down her face. She said to me, we need to rush to the hospital. But there's a choir member whose baby is lying at the point of death. We rushed to Memorial Hospital. That's to the mother and her father. Tears in their eyes. The mother told me, the doctor said he had done all he could do. The baby had a rare disease. She had second and third degree burns on the inside and the outside of her body. Mm-hmm. Because of the burns, the baby's mouth began to seal. The doctor said, the results are confusing. And all we can do is wait. I want you to know. While they were waiting, I begin to pray Father, in the name of Jesus, we need you How many know when the doctor said no? Jesus can still see us The doctor told the mother, call the family in He was preparing them for the worst I told the 